This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Matt, I was, we just uh, were having a little conversation off the air. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. We, uh, this got yeah, a, this is interesting. The over-unders got us onto this subject here. Didn't remember this exactly the way it actually is. Le'Veon Bell's rookie year. Yeah. He got 289 touches. Pretty big number. In 13 games. Uh, that's a huge number. Yeah. So he averaged uh, 20. I, I, I did the story on this earlier in the preseason, or right after they drafted Najee mm-hmm. Harris. Uh, I think it was like 22 touches per game. So that's more than most backs in the league, without yeah. question. And that's as a rookie. It's kind of what he averaged over the course of his career, 22, 23, up mm-hmm. to 25 touches, I think, the one in, in 2016. And, and this is second-round pick, rookie Lev Bell, who hadn't yet trimmed the weight, too, yeah. you know, that we know so much about. Uh, so his rookie season, in 13 games, remember he missed the first three games of that year with a foot injury. Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, that he suffered in, in the preseason in training camp. Um, so you got 244 carries, 860 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, he had 45 catches on 66 targets. That's the number that stands out to me. For 399 yards. Uh, he didn't score any touchdowns receiving. Uh, so 800, uh, 289 touches, 1,259 total yards. And yet somehow Najee Harris's projection for 17 games isn't much different. Right. 13 versus 17 is how yeah. they project these, obviously. I think the usage is going to be very similar and maybe even stronger. I mean, I think he's a, Le'Veon a Bell at, player. That was at Le'Veon Bell at 21. What's that? He was 21 years old at the time. Okay. We hadn't seen him, as you mentioned. His weight situation, there was always some confusion over this. His rookie year, he came in around 230. Okay. He played at 240 to 250 at Michigan State. At Michigan State. State. Yeah, and Mike Tomlin said, "Hey, we want you around 230." Well, he dropped down to 230 for that rookie year, liked how he felt, and continued to lose weight. Okay, for that second year, he's the second year he comes in at around 225-ish. Okay, so it wasn't a huge cut of weight between year one and two, right? But it's a huge cut of weight of what he played at at college. Yeah, I think there was some. I think there was some learning there. Sure. What kind of back am I now? Okay. You know, I think he he you know. Essentially, from his last year in college to his second year in the NFL, dropped 25 pounds. Yeah. First, my first thought is that's some tremendous scouting background work by the Steelers front office. And I'm sure the conversation was had between the area scout and Michigan State strength coach. Can this guy drop the weight? You think he'd be up for it? Does he have the work ethic to do it? And you maybe even ask Lev Bell when you're sitting there at the Combine on your 15-minute interview, like, would you be up to dropping a little bit of pounds? Do we think you could be a better back? Oh, yes, I'm, you know. Yeah. So some of that's just background work on the player um, and the dedication by the player. I know people, I know he's public enemy number one. We can't say anything good about Lev Bell, but that shows that he's pretty into his craft to drop that much weight in that short amount of time. Um, no offense to Lev Bell, but Lev Bell was – a mid-second round pick. He was not your first round pick. Correct. He had, and again, no offense to what Ben is now, Ben was a better quarterback then than now. I mean, I think that's undeniable. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, younger and spryer. So I think they needed a, a back like that slightly less then than they do now. And I think rookie, I'm not saying Harris will be better than Bell, but 
Harris the prospect, I think, is better than Bell the prospect, you know, coming oh, yeah, into the ab- league. Absolutely. Here are Le'Veon Bell's average carries per game over the course of his career with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. 18.8, 18.1, 18.8, 21.8, Who? Uh, 21.4. Wow. I mean, I think that's the plan. Yeah. We've, we've seen the plan. It's somewhere between 18 to 21, 22 carries this isn't a new Najee coaching Harris. staff or front office, or we've seen this bef- this play before, Mrs. Lincoln, or you know, <laughs> and, and, and that that was over. He, he played five seasons for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. The Steelers got their more than their their money's worth out of the pick, more than their money's worth out of the player. Even if it had been a first round pick, even if it had been, been well a first round it, pick, right. it would have been well worth it. This is the argument, like the people saying that the Steelers shouldn't spend a premium pick on. Najee Harris, you have one of the most productive running backs in the league. I thought he was for five years for a little while, right? Yeah, right. For five years, five years is an eternity in the NFL, right? And there were many games, maybe many seasons, that I thought he was the best player on that offense, and that's with AB, who I thought was the first or second best receiver. Yeah, I thought Bell was more important. I always talk about that Patriot game in the playoffs when he got hurt early. And I bet Belichick was just doing jumping jacks on the Oh, there's not a doubt in my mind. Like, all of a sudden, you see Le'Veon Bell on the sideline and D'Angelo Williams. And D'Angelo Williams was a a fine running back. The Steelers would have killed Williams. Better than replacement level player. Oh, yeah. It starts for most teams. Almost a Kareem Hunt situation. Again, the Steelers the last two years would have loved to have D'Angelo Williams. But Belichick's background of, you know, great show and turf. Stop Falk. I don't care if they throw all over us. I guarantee he was like... If I could take one guy out of this game, it's Lev Bell. Yeah. And there he goes, walking off the field like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. um, his rushing yards per game, 66.2 as a rookie. Okay. Again. And what Her- do we need Bell to get? Or we needed 57. 57 was yeah. the magic number. Oh, that was 17 for 16, but still. Right. I'd still take the over. You yeah. can get the 60 yards rushing per game. 85.1 is second year rushing. Wow. 92.7 is third year rushing. Yes, yes. 105.7 his fourth year rushing, <laughs> and then 86.1 in 2017. Yeah. Those are big numbers Those for a running big back. Big numbers. I think there were two running backs last year in the league who averaged 100 rushing yards per game. Really? Dalvin, Dalvin Cook and, and Derrick Henry. And Derek Henry. I think you're right. And they were, and I'm not sure anyone was super close. I don't think there was a 99 or. No, there like was that. nobody there else was that was in that yeah. neighborhood. Uh, 105.7 rushing yards per game. Wow. You know, he only played 12 that year, 2016, because mm-hmm. there was yeah, he's a, missed some time here. There and was there. a suspension, or you know, yeah. Um, but 105.7 rushing yards per game. I don't expect Harris to do that. No, no. But the usage is what you're. I think is what the the crux of this conversation is. Yeah. You know, with with all respect to Harris, I mean, if they would give Connor that workload, he would be over. A thousand yards. Except he wouldn't hold up. I mean, so I mean, that's he, the difference. That's the, that's difference, that's right. why you couldn't bring James Conner back. That's right. why you couldn't count on a. You're not doing that with Benny Snell. No, well, you just don't want to touch the ball that much, right? You know, right. You're doing the defense a favor, right? I mean, this is just back to the prop bet we talked about last time, and I guess this is somewhat of a proponent for don't draft a running back high, but I think if you give James Robinson that workload, if you give, I don't know, I mean, David Montgomery that that workload. They're going to beat that prop bet, but my point is, what if you give it to a top ten back? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. You now you got something away, and maybe you get Lev Bell 
like production over the next five, six years, which is exactly what they're betting on. You know, How about this number? Receptions per game. This one's the most interesting to me. Three and a half his rookie year. 5.2 in year two. Okay. 4.0 in year three. 6.3 in year four. Wow. 5. What a 7. season he had in year four. Uh, yeah, 2016, it was uh, 12. He had, uh, that was 800. His second year was actually his best. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 1,361 rushing yards, 83 catches for 854 yards. 83 catches. That's what Kamara does every year. Yeah. And scored 11 touchdowns that year. Uh, that year, 2015, he only played six games. He had the knee injury. He had the suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, 2016, in 12 games. I said this was a... 12 games, 1,268 yards, 75 catches for 616 yards. That's when he was the height of his power. Yeah, that, I mean... And it also makes you wonder, what if he doesn't sit out the next year? Because maybe he wouldn't have had that production, but he was still pretty darn good. Well, 2017 good. was his last one. He played 15 games. Yeah. Still, 15 games, he still led the league with 321 touches, or 321 carries. Yeah, wow. I don't know if the Steelers are going to do that. To maybe not. But, but I, I keep getting asked, is, is Mike Tomlin going to run the wheels off of, of Najee Harris? We've talked about this a lot with the running back position. Mm-hmm. You're not drafting these guys for the long term. No. I mean, I think the plan, I say this over and over, pay Hit your bell cow. salaries for four yeah. years, pick up the fifth beer option, franchise him in year six. Which, if he's still good. Year six. I mean, what was Lev Bell like in year six? Year I mean, six, he didn't play. Hey, that's when the year he sat out. Yeah. But if it would have been the same circumstances, maybe the Steelers would have franchised him if they were good. And they would certainly prefer. I mean, they offered him a contract. Yeah, they would certainly right. preferred that he played. So it wasn't like we can't get, wait to get rid of this guy. That's not how that went down. And then you send him on his merry way, and some team pays him in week seven, and maybe he still contributes for a bit, but probably not. If you got six... Not even Lev Bell quality years, but I mean, good years out of this guy. That's worth it to me. You know, at a cost controlled price where those last two years you control exactly do you want to pay him this much or not? It's not negotiation time. Yeah. This is where And at that point he'll be thirty or twenty nine. Yeah. This is where the, the, the people who say you don't take a running back uh early, this kind of falls off the screen. Like, okay, yards per touch. Mm. This is Computing the catches and the, the receptions yeah, yeah, yeah. all together. And real quick, Bell, like Harris, isn't going to have the Jamal Charles 90-yarder right. here and there yeah. to really skew those numbers. Their, their yards per touch, especially yards per carry, aren't going to be their best numbers compared to other backs. Correct. 4.4 his rookie year. Now, remember, he averaged three and a half yards a carry his rookie mm-hmm. year. Wasn't great. 5.9, 5.1, 5.6, 4.8. So that's second and, and getting, five, second and four. Yeah. All the time. The touches, 289 his rookie year, mm-hmm. 373 in year two. Wow. You run about, on average, between 1,000 and 1,100 plays. Yeah. So maybe this year they'll run 1,200. He's most, get, he, or, he was yeah. touching the football 35 to 40% of the time, yeah, of the time and you're that. getting 5.9 yards every time he touches the football. Right. <laughs> Usually, you know how I'm big on yards per play. If you're over five for a team for the year – that's awfully good. Yeah. And the leaders are usually 5.8-ish, something like that. That means you're the most efficient offense on a per-play basis in the league. And every time I give this guy the ball, I get that. I get six. I get six. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, it doesn't mean you don't connect on a 20-yarder to 
AB and yeah. Juju and Martavis. Again, that's you know, 373 that touches. Your top three receivers aren't getting 373 touches they're on not, any team. They're not getting 373 targets. Right. You know I mean, you're talking about the guy that's going to touch the ball all the time. On any team. And I do think that, not that it's a problem, but it's the same conversation we have with Bell, too, is when will Tomlin, offensive coordinator, running back coach, think – we're better if I take Harris out of the lineup. Never. Protection. Never. Passing game. <laughs> short yardage. First and 10. Second and 30. Yeah. Fourth and one. Please tell me when, you know, when it's raining, when it's snowing, when it's windy. <laughs> you know? That's the thing that the people so tell like. Tell me the, when they're better when he's off the field. The people who, who say that, that Tomlin needs to, you know, measure this a little bit better. That's, that's the thought that's process. That's the coach mentality. Like, when you had D'Angelo Williams, they tried to figure out some different roles for Right, him. right, right. And they tried short yardage. You know, no, Bell was better. They tried, right. well, let's just give him a series here. Okay, you're not necessarily punting on that series with, with D'Angelo Williams? Sure, he could. He was a good player. Yeah. But you kinda, you're not your best. You kind of are now if you do that. Was, you're exactly. doing a defense a favor. I mean, I really hope McFarland shows something that he could be – the lightning, but I want a lot more thunder than lightning. You yeah, know? I mean, at least that I don't look at it and say, wow, they're bad in the backfield. Well, now. here's the th- interesting thing about that, Matt, that they're doing with McFarland. We're seeing him more on the wing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- you know, we're seeing him in the backfield a little bit. So I think Matt Canada's going to like McFarland and probably did a year ago and probably contributed to this whole situation. But there's, uh, there's some things you can do with him on the field at the same time. At the same time. Like he has a speed element. He comes and, again. Right. It's that Tyree Kill thing. Here comes this guy who's a four four, maybe sub four four mm-hmm. guy, flying across the, the the formation at the snap of the football. Right. And you either hand it to him or you hand it to the the two hundred and thirty pound running back. Mm-hmm. Again, one false step by those inside linebackers watching that guy scream across the formation. You know, you only have to hand it to him a couple of times. Oh, just to, to show it. Yeah. That it's a possibility, and and then he breaks one. You know, you, you don't move, you don't go out with him, and all of a sudden he's around the corner, and he gets, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's twenty yards down the field before your defensive backs turn around. I don't know if they're doing this, but I'm just thinking if there's a lot of possibilities with both those guys on the field. Back to our first segment conversation. If you think you're going to get man coverage, you may split Najee out and then bring McFarland into the backfield. Because all the good run defenders are out of the box. Yeah. Because it's a, a really big linebacker box. went with yeah. Harris. And so McFarland's running five, six man box, and you got five blockers right in front of him. You know? But he also has to show he can catch the football and be effective in that role. Without question. And he said he's, I talked to him two days ago, and he said that's something he's working on. He wants mm-hmm. to be a better receiver. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. But he could still be the jet guy no matter yeah. what and, you know, treat him like they a person. They had one uh, the other day. Uh, it was it was that it was that similar play. Uh, you, you, it was a, a, a fake play action. He came screaming across the formation. Mm-hmm. Play action to the left, and they're not jogging across the formation. No, they're sprinting he's now. sprinting right. across. He comes out now. You got him one on one out on the edge, and and he's at a full sprint where the guy's flat footed yeah. trying to guard. He's him. at a full sprint. Uh, Rudolph was the quarterback. Rudolph rolls out to his right to that side. Easy thirteen yard completion. Boom. Stealing. Right, right, right. Yeah. And you got someone slower trying to keep up with them. Yeah. He's got to go zero to 60 when this guy's already at 60. Yeah. No, there's a lot of I mean, options. That's a, that's a 13-yard pass that, that you or I can complete. That they just <laughs> didn't have in the yeah. in the toolbox. So that they didn't have that club in the bag last year. Yeah. And it's a good club. 
It's a good club to have. Speed is the one thing you can't coach. Well, even just the scheming of it all. Yeah. You know, like, you're going to give me easy throws. I'd rather do that than, than have Ray Ray McLeod in that. I don't think Ray maybe. I, I think he's going to be an afterthought. I think he's too much of a tell. He's never going to break a tackle. Yeah. I, I just think of all the skill weapons on the Steelers, I'd rather have two tight ends on the field, four receivers, at least one back, hopefully two or three. I mean, he's your 10th best option on offense. I have a hard time saying that's – and he doesn't block anybody? Doesn't block anybody. He's, he, yeah. All he is is your punt returner, and now McFarland's doing a lot of that too. Like, is the work of McFarland is a punt returner. Yeah, it wouldn't break my heart if they kept some young receiver that's 210 pounds but nasty guy or – you yeah. know what I mean? Play special teams. Or even an extra runs tight down end and, that you didn't – Yeah, runs down out. and covers uh, kicks and punts. Right, right. Plays the Hayward Bay role and maybe has upside as a receiver. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Mc, he, it's amazing. And the McLeods and Jalen Samuels of the world. It's like, these specialty gadgets are cute. Dre Archer, you know. You better have something else in your that you it's do. It's hard to live on that. Yeah. Real hard. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We're going to take a break. Um, when we come back, well, I don't know what we're going to talk about. It'll be a mixed bag of things. But okay. we'll do that right after this. Tune to the drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Yes, sir. And um, Matt, just going around the league here a little bit on what's happening. Um, I've been on a loop the last day or so. I don't know the headlines, so I'll uh, through these. Aaron Rodgers has signed his uh, reworked deal with the Packers. All right. Uh, so all is uh, well there, for, at least for now. On the surface, I mean, he's there and he's playing and traded for his buddy Randall Cobb. Sort of strange. I mean, that's your one request is getting yeah. Randall Cobb. I mean, how about – Okay. Some... I'm sure Houston was like – Take him. Yeah, yeah go we'll ahead. Get that contract off the books <laughs> and give us a pick. And I'm sitting there thinking when I heard that, I'm like, why not report – a month earlier and say, get me Julio Jones. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there were better options. I mean, he just wants his buddies, and I guess he said something about a long snapper they let go of that was his friend, and that made him sad. <laughs> Who cares? Can't keep all, you can't keep all your buddies around. You know. I, I didn't hear the press conference. I don't know if you did either. But I've heard many people critique it, and it sounded like all he talked about was me, I, I'm the MVP, not like we, Super Bowls, things like that. And talked about a lot of his buddies that are gone that he didn't think should have been. Going back like five, six years. Like, yeah. this guy holds a grudge. Yeah. And I think he's awesome. But you can't tell me that's not going to be a distraction all year long. You know, he's never going to – he doesn't forget anything. Yeah. He doesn't – it's not forgiven. Forget it's like, you know, Brady saying, hey, we need to bring back Teddy Bruschi because he's my buddy. Right. He's 47 years old. <laughs> right. I mean, Gronk and AB is enough, you know. You bring those guys out of, like, basically retirement. <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned in a previous segment, uh, Dak Prescott's not going to throw for a few days. He's got a strain. Um, he's Shoulder, still, I think, right? Yeah, he's still going to do a lot of the run work stuff and things of that mm-hmm. nature, the handoffs and things. He's going to practice. He's coming back off of that uh, that that ankle. Right. Um, I mean, you, of course, he's not going to play in the Hall of Fame game. You're not see he wouldn't have anyway. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of Garrett Gilbert and those guys. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think it's huge news. I mean, a lot of these injuries, injuries in quotes. And that goes for some of the Steelers we haven't seen much. You wonder if it was week one, would they dress or not? And I think most 
or the yes version, or they'd be questionable, or you know what I mean. My, so. One of my favorite headlines here: that, that uh, oft injured tight end butt <laughs> retires. Yeah, yeah, Jake Butt retired. He says, "I've lost the passion." Jake, dude, I can't <laughs> believe he lasted this long. But I just had to mention that because it's Jake Butt. Yeah, he's got a tight end. Too. He's a tight end. You're right. <laughs> No, I like that part. He's been in the league three or four years. That was like a couple of weeks ago. There was a big, there was a headline here. You know, Anthony Ciccolo retires. Who cares? See, I'm picking on Ciccolo, but that's how everyone goes out of league. Nobody so, wants you anymore. Right? right. Yeah. I mean, it's not you didn't many. retire. Nobody signed you. Barry Sanders retired. Yes. Calvin Johnson retired. <laughs> Jim Brown retired. <laughs> Anthony, you didn't retire. You were forced out of the league. Yeah. You know? Nobody, nobody signed you. Nobody wanted you. That's how this works. Yeah. Um, we did, as I mentioned before, we talked to uh, Jerry Olsavsky yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, he was asked Always about... Always colorful. He was asked about Vince Williams, and, and he said, uh, you know, I didn't call Vince when uh, when the news came in. I just texted him. We, we shared it. I said, I just wanted to thank you for always being a professional. Hmm. And... You really get that opinion. Yeah. From day one. He said, I don't... He, and Jerry's like, I don't call everybody a professional. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that... That's a real compliment. Yeah. He said that, he, you know, he's... And he, he he mentioned Kevin Green as a guy. He said, Kevin Green was a professional. Okay. A professional football player. A guy who who had the passion. Um, he he said, also understand the business. Yeah. There's an owner involved here. There's fans involved. There's a selling jerseys cap. and beer and a salary cap and age and all those things. I mean, understanding the business as a player... It's kind of rare. Yeah, and the, the one last thing on that, he, he said that uh, Vince Williams didn't play football because he loved the, all the stuff around it. He played football, so when, when he was walking somewhere and people was, would point to him and say, that's Vince Williams, he's a damn good football player. You know, they, yeah, okay. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of stuff. I, there was, I always like the saying that there's, it's kind of more of a scouting, looking at kids at college. Does, does this guy love football? Or does he love being a football player? Right. And all the nonsense that comes yeah. with it and the money. The money. The does he play it for the right. money? Or does he play because, you know, would Lambert played for nothing? You know, I mean, yeah. or played for minimum wage. It's funny whatever, you say you know? that. I, I was listening to a, a fantasy show yesterday, and they were talking about guys, trouble players. And they, and the Percy Harvin's name came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you remember, Percy Arvin always had the the I I, got, I can't practice today. I got a headache or I got a, he had a I, lot I got of migraines. different ailments, right? And then the Vikings went and gave him an MRI. They they finally did an MRI on his head, and suddenly, well, I don't have the headaches anymore. But it all of a sudden turns into my hamstring sore. I got, sore, or I got this or that. Or I don't a, think he loved football. Might not. Might not. He loved yeah. the paychecks that he got. Loved from the it. paychecks and the you know game day and the fame and and frankly, you don't need fifty three guys that all love football. But your top your guys core guys your better love football. better love it, and yeah. certainly it's a huge component that we draft this guy or not. And there's many many successful players, and there's probably many Hall of Famers that loved being a football player more than they loved football. But they were also crazy gifted too. Yeah, <laughs> you know they right. weren't Vince Williams. Somebody somebody said that recently at their Hall of Fame speech. I can't remember who it was now. Said they didn't play football because they loved the game. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was the last induction class. I can't remember who it didn't was. Didn't Curtis Martin have something? Along Curtis those lines? Martin. Yeah, that's who it was. Because so I remember him a while back. He, he didn't, didn't watch the game. He didn't yeah. love football. Didn't love it. People just told him he was good at it, so he stuck with it. Type of deal. Yeah, it he gave him an, an odd upbringing. It too. gave him an off opportunity to get out of his situation. A, that's a whole different story too. Yeah. It's, it's a means for an end for a lot of the unfortunate. I mean, 
it sounds like Najee loves football and wants to be better at it and all those things. Yeah. You don't but work I, at it like he does right. if you don't love the game. But I, you would never blame him if this is the means that my family Correct. can change yeah. their status in life. Even though it's homeless. not my favorite thing in the world, I'd rather yeah. paint for a living or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course. It becomes an outlet for, you know, the, the, maybe you take out your frustrations, like, mm-hmm. because of your, uh, you know, we did a story on him on DK Pittsburgh Sports, and his mom talked about the upbringing and how, you know, when he was young, real young, um, there was, th- that anger was, was, you know, he was getting in trouble in school because yeah, yeah. You know, when that's you, not an uncommon story. Yeah, you know, frustrated you know, I, and it's not great at home and getting fights. And, but I think you know, I think football provided the outlet for him mm-hmm. to take out some of the. Okay, I got something here I can channel my my yep. my passion towards. And it usually takes some elder, you know, maybe an uncle or an aunt, or more likely a coach, the coach. Yeah, you know, and also says this is the best player in gym class. I could use him. <laughs> you know, like, well, that was the thing we, we talked to, uh, Tom Reed, uh, talked to the principal at the high school when, when he transferred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In. I remember that story. That and, cool. and, and, you know, he said, you know, I sat him down when he, when he came in to, to, you know, come to the school, what do you like to do? Well, I like to play football. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can, we'll, we'll, we'll run we with can, that. We can, we can figure that out. And the guy was an assistant football coach and, mm-hmm. you know, he was connected with the team. And so they put him on the team. Uh, and that's the way it goes for a lot of these young men. That, you know, yeah. You know, you're a bigger guy. I mean, like my son um, played football when he was young, and then he quit playing football and concentrated on, on baseball, baseball yeah. and yeah. played a little bit of basketball and ran some track and stuff like that. But he was a bigger kid. Mm-hmm. And the football, they got a new football coach at his high school. He's walking through the hallway, and yeah. the coach says, "Hey, you want to play? Uh, you know, you, you're a pretty big kid. You want to play football?" And he comes home. He's all excited. He's like, "Football coach wants me to come play football." I'm like. Yeah, dude. Uh, this is right. This is before his senior year in high school. I'm like, right. No, you're a just pick this up as a side job. You're, I, you're not Bo Jackson. I said, you know, you're you're gonna go play college baseball. Yeah, there's a scholarship waiting for you. You're accomplished. That's pitcher. what you're gonna do here. If you go in and, and break an arm or hurt your shoulder or something, that all goes away. Yeah, like you know, so you're gonna be on the line. We really you know. gonna pick this up this time in life. Yeah, that, those days of you know, you played. But I think he quit playing when he was in fifth grade or whatever mm-hmm. because it's just. You know, yeah, and it's a. And he wasn't bad at it. He just, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's, it's also a big learning experience to go back. I yeah, mean, the playbook's not second nature for you. You don't, you know, read keys and stuff, stuff like that. And you know, it probably wouldn't have went well. Um, there's so many examples of this guy didn't start playing until high school or when he was 16. Yeah. And some of them, have, I mean, that's like any child. You step onto it. Have, like, yeah, have different know. growth spurts and yeah. whatever. You show up I at a often, new school and you're you're six five and you know yeah. three hundred pounds. Hey, are you a football player? I, I, that's my <laughs> thoughts. Like he still walks the halls just like every other kid and goes to his locker and goes to the lunchroom and goes to the library. Don't you think people look at him and say, "I wonder if he's interested in sports"? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't won a football game here in a while. I wonder if we could coach him up and you know those type of things. But I mean, it's sort of a pathetic example. The pit staff, when I got there, this is when Walt Harris took over just an awful pit team. I yeah. mean, an embarrassing pit team. Their first year or two, the— Get me every big kid you can get. They used to go over to campus, which they're not on campus. Yeah. They'd go eat lunch, and they'd walk around looking for big kids in Letterman jackets. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to walk on? We need, we, don't have, we need anybody with a warm body. You know, like, wow. Yeah, I, I can remember, you know, when I was still uh, working at a daily newspaper— 
one of the things we would do right around this time of year would be to go out to all the, the high school football camps yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to go do stories on these guys. And you would see these these big kids. Uh, you know, I, I you know one of the schools that I always went to was was Jefferson Morgan. Okay. I had Jefferson Morgan for our football tab every year, and they always had these big linemen. Grew them big there, huh? Yeah, and I remember walking in there the one day, and they had this kid that was like six eight. Wow, you know, three hundred and twenty pounds. He was big, big kid, and uh, those guys invariably were getting recruited by somebody. Yeah, based on their size, which is a mistake you can make in the recruiting world for sure, because a lot of those kids. It's the planet play theory, though. It's a plan theory. There aren't many of them walking around the mall, and yeah. you need them without question. But there's a lot of those kids that only play because they are big. You know, they might yeah. not love it. You know, that's for sure. And but there aren't many of them in the world. Yeah. We, we made that mistake a couple of times. You know, well, he looks the part. You know, we work with that. Yeah. And at the same time, I remember, uh, if memory serves right, Dan Moses was at Washington. We didn't take him. He didn't take him. He there wanted the wanted to go to pit. pit room, right? Wanted to go to pit. Ends up at West Virginia as an All American. And he's a oh, he, that guy's a because <laughs> he wasn't because he wasn't six you know six I think four he was too short. Yeah, he was I like six two and three hundred you know two hundred eighty pounds. But he was better in our guards and centers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, we recruited AQ Shipley, who's under six foot, no matter what people tell you. <laughs> and he had to play defensive tackle for us. He ended yeah. up being like an All American center and still in the league a million years later. You know, so. Um, I'm looking here at some of the other uh, news and notes around yeah. the league. Stefan Diggs said yesterday he didn't feel the Bills hit enough deep balls last season. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good passing attack, and they threw yeah. down field a lot. Um, I think the standard's getting pretty high there, and I kind of like hearing that because I think the Bills know they're good now. Yeah. You know, like, I think the Browns are figuring out they're good you know, a lot of these teams, it takes a couple years to realize uh, we're a contender. We can hang with anybody. And I think Buffalo feels that way now. Allen's a pretty good deep passer, and they're ba- deep passing. He's got the big arm, shabby. yeah. Yeah, not too shabby. Yeah, it could be interesting. Of course, the Steelers will see them in week one. We'll see what that yeah. looks like. It's uh, a challenge. It's going to be a challenge to sort start the season. but yeah. Not a lot of turnover there either. They bring back a lot of starters. We talked about this before um, when the schedule came out. wouldn't be surprising to see the entire AFC North um, Come oh, on, one, did you say? Yeah, I know the Ch- I know the Browns play the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm I'm getting the schedule. Algie Mama. Yeah, I don't know who Cincinnati plays, but they're probably a dog. Um, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Week one, it's it's uh, Browns are at Chiefs, Steelers are at Bills, Ravens are at the Raiders on a Monday night game. Ooh. That's a challenge. That's a tough situation to walk into. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst place I mean, to play the Raiders. Pro- they'll be favored in that game, but still. I think they're. That's the first time stands will be in that stadium, though, right? or fans will be in that stadium. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, emotions will be high in the new black hole or whatever. You no, know, and the Bengals host the Vikings. Okay, they're a dog in that game too. Yeah. So every team's a dog. No, no. I guess Ravens, Ravens will probably, probably be favored. Not. Yeah, but but that's a tough situation to play the Raiders. Yeah. Browns at Browns at Chiefs. Browns at Chiefs. I this think is that's what Sunday you, night. They're doing a lot of talking in Cleveland. Yeah, no, that's the new rival. This huh? is the this is their first of two meetings. So they said. So they said. <laughs> We'll see about that. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I think they're a really good team and go in the right direction. But if Kansas City comes out and smokes them in the openers, like. Right. I mean, the, the Chiefs in three years have gone to the Super Bowl twice and the AFC Championship the first year before that. I mean, they're. Like, would you be surprised if that's a if that's a 20-point blowout? No. And I still would think the Browns are a contender. But would the Browns think that if they 
you know, you, you put so much pressure on yourself. Well, we're, we were within, yeah, yeah. you know, we were within a touchdown of them last year. Right. Um, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden you come out and you get smoked in the opener. I think. I'll, I don't know what the spread is, but in. I bet I take Kansas City minus X amount of points. Yeah, the doubt starts to creep in a little bit. So. Sure, sure. Anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. When we come back, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. We'll do that right after this. Tune to the drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. For the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shops uh, located in Hinesfield, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit Online at shop.steelers.com for all of your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. There you go. Matt, uh, it's time for the Fantasy Football Focus. Real quick, um, Wolf's going to have me read that one today because okay. he doesn't think I'm capable. <laughs> Come on. Give me a little credit here. Get Johnstown, man. We got, we got the UPJ. Uh, been podcasting for 20 years. You know how many live reads I've done? I don't. I, I probably shouldn't tell you because yeah. now you're going to have me to do it. Yeah, I shouldn't make it do it now. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. You it's time for that. our fantasy football draft here. Uh, <laughs> we're drafting in the six hole today. Okay. I don't think we've done that one. Fine, Brian. Uh, the teams are the Stairway to Evans. Good. I like Fant it. Man. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, Diami Vice. Does any player's <laughs> name uh, rhyme with Wasp? Fant Man and the... Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Somebody should think about that. Yeah. Uh, Diami Vice. like that Good. one. Good. Well done. Lance Lance Lever Revolution. I don't know what that I guess is. Guess it's Dance Dance Revolution. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we're then us. Then uh, Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Okay. The Storm Hoopers. Good. Heard that one before, but I like two it. Two for the money we've had before. Herd immunity. Yeah. My little Tony. Good. There you go. <laughs> uh, and commitment issues. C M E T. K M E T. K M E T. Commitment yeah, yeah. issues. Okay. All right. So. This is where it gets interesting. The first five, the first five picks were McCaffrey, Henry, Hopkins at three. Ooh. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Mark Cook, though. Yeah, but still, I don't like being here in the six hole. No, no one's jumping the, out at me. The top suggestions are Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. Chubb and Taylor would be no's for me. I have very mixed feelings on Elliott. I, it, I, like, I think I like Taylor better than you do. I don't think he's going to catch many passes. I think that's just river dump offs, and he's not there, and Naheem Hines is a as a part of the deal. But he could lead the league in rushing this year. Oh, he absolutely could. I mean, I like yeah. him. I like the player a lot. I think his receptions are going to go down. You can convince me, I guess. But Let me see. Uh, what about? Um, I'm down on Barkley and Elliott in this neighborhood, but I think they're the best too. Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson. It's too early for those guys. Too Mixon, early for Ekelar. Ekelar, no. What if we do what we've talked about doing here? You take Kelsey? Take Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Take Kelsey for fun. For fun. Taking Kelsey in the sixth spot. I don't, not much fun, but that's... I mean, it might not look great. But yeah, let's see what it does. That's the neighborhood he's going in. Yeah, I, which I think is too high. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I would like him at 11 and then take a back at... You know, so now we do, we don't have to look at the tight end position again. Ever, 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 ever. We just want them to fall off the board. Yeah. All right, so... 
the top suggestion for us now is Calvin Ridley. I need to think of back, though. DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, J.K. Dobbins, the top back. Wow, that's not uh, so great. That's not so great. Najee Harris still available. Oh, I think you take Harris. You take Najee Harris. Harris is, should be ranked ahead We, of we spent the whole show talking about <laughs> right. Najee Harris. we got to take Najee Harris. Harris. Right, right. So that's not so bad. No, that's not so bad. Now the top. Okay, we're back. If Harris is a RB one when it's all said and done, which, which I, think I think he, he will, will be, be. Yeah. yeah, then we're okay. We're okay. Um, we're up here in the third round. The top running backs available: Chris Carson. This is where it hurts you. Yeah, I said. David know. Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. I'm looking for one guy here, Daryl Henderson, Henderson, and he is available. Is it too early for you for Henderson? Three six, no. Okay, so you gets, keep your that gets right where he should go, if not higher. Yeah. I think I think by when it's all said and done, he's going in the second round. I think so too. Maybe at the I end like of the, him better than all end of the second round, early third round. We're in the middle of the third round. I think you take him here. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mood conversation. Like, is he worth that pick? Well, I like him better than every running back you just mentioned. So the answer is yes. He's worth that pick. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So we're back up at four seven. Now That's we get not a, a bad pair. We don't have a wide receiver yet. No. Right. Right. Um, the top guys available: Chris Godwin. Fine with that. Robert Woods. That's a conversation between the two. DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup. I like I like Woods more than Cup. I think Thielen drops off a little. He was very touchdown dependent. Yeah. I kinda like Woods there. I'd be fine with Woods. Uh Woods We over, can't miss on this pick. Woods over Godwin to me comes down to Godwin's had some injury issues over even in his great year. I bet Woods out-targets him. I bet Woods out-targets him. I think he's the number one target in that offense. Godwin's the one, two, or three. Yeah, depending on the week. Depending on the week. I think you'll get more consistency out of Woods than you would Godwin. Godwin might have some better big games, and they might finish the season with the same point total. But I think you're going to get more Mm -hmm. consistent production out of Woods, and I also think there's more upside there. I think there's more meat on the bone for Woods with Stafford throwing him the football. Yeah. With three non-wide receivers as our first three picks, I just look at this one and say, we can't miss. We can't miss. And, and Woods, Woods is the guy you won't yeah, miss yeah. on. Woods is like the most consistent fantasy receiver in the league. Yeah. All right. All right, we're back up at 5-6. Do we go receiver again, or do we look yeah, at it? See what's out there. Quarterback is – okay, the quarterbacks have been picked over. It's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Jay, Jalen Hurts are the top guys available. This screams the punt. Quarterback. For yeah, a we're while we're gonna play because we took the tight end in round one. So the top receivers available: Thielen, not bad. Cooper Cup, we can't take Cooper nah. Cup. Tyler Lockett. I think Lockett's vastly underrated. Lockett's that Godwin type situation mm-hmm. where his great weeks are great. Are great. And what's funny though, because I kind of thought this too, we considered taking him a day or two ago, and one of us said. Yeah, he has a lot of down weeks, though. That really only was last year. If you look at through his career, he's not the Sean Jackson up and down. Yeah. You know, he gets a lot of targets, and Wilson loves him. A couple other receivers still available. Uh, Odell Beckham, Tyler uh, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson. Do you like any of those guys better than? I like Johnson more than Higgins. I think Lockett's my favorite. And I don't mind that there's a little variance with them. I can I agree with that. Lock it. Now, if Deontay Johnson's available with that six pick, I think you just you jump all over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Lockett's just a little bit more, a little more dynamic, a little more proven. Yeah, a little better quarterback. You know, I, I think the Seattle offense is a little Ooh, we underrated. We got lucky. You still there? 
the top receiver available is Deontay Johnson. I think that's a, that's a no-brainer. A, I think he's an outstanding number three. I think he's a two. Yes. But I think he's an out, a high-end number three. This is just a fantasy note, not a Steeler note. I don't know that he'll score a million touchdowns. If he gets seven, that's fine. That's, yeah. yeah, I think he'll get a ton of receptions, and we've talked about him a ton. Um, but I don't know that he's ever going to be a massive touchdown producer. Okay, so we got two running backs, a tight end, and three receivers. The tight end. The tight end. Yeah. But I, now we can kind of do best available here. Yeah. That's not a tight end. They're going to say our top suggestion. Well, no, our top suggestion is Miles Gaskin. I would lean towards a running back here, all things being equal. Mike Davis, number two. Ryan Tannehill, three. Cortland Sutton, four. Hmm. I think Sutton's the best player at his respective position, but we've been down this road. If you don't take the Gaskin-Davis guy, then you basically have non-starters at this point after yeah. running backs. Yeah, the running back position. You need something guys, to happen in your The top favor. guy's still available. Well, Damien Harris is still there. Yeah. I like him better for real life than those two, but I don't think he catches any passes. It's, it's that Patriots thing that right. they'll, they'll have, all have their roles. and. I mean, Patriots running backs have been frustrating to own for 20 years. I think, I think Davis is the pick. Me too. Yeah. And right. first Gaskin's a conversation, but I slightly prefer Davis. I like the sp- the size and the short yardage stuff. Oh, we're up again here. Um, the top suggestions for us are Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Ryan Tannehill, David Johnson. Okay. That running back position, Trey Sermon available. Sermon's a nice risk to take. David Johnson, Zach Moss. I think I'd go Sermon. I'd just wait till Mostert gets hurt, which is bound to happen. <laughs> And I think he'll be part of the rotation early on, too. Yeah. Do you like him better than Moss? Yeah. Slightly. I just think one team runs the ball and the other one doesn't. Yeah. I mean, do they run the ball more this year? Does he catch the ball more? I think yes and yes. If he becomes, but they were if he's at the bottom their, of the league. If he's their number one running back this year. And, and that's why I've been targeting him. I think he'll be get more goal line carries. But that's still Allen's job. Yeah. They will run the ball a little higher percentage. But they were the... Like one of the most pass happy teams in the league, and the Niners are a lot more balanced. Yeah, I prefer. But Sermon. you could. Bl- I've been down this road with the 49er backs before. Oh, it's, that's like owning it's a Patriot maddening. Back. Yeah. yeah, it's maddening. All right, Trey Sermon is the pick in the round. I'm pretty eight. sure the Niners traded up to get him, which at least speaks to their usage possible. Yeah, they just like to collect running backs. They do, but it also goes back to the conversation. Well, Zach Moss still available here. With we can't take that's a fifth. Like our sixth that would be our back, fifth though, running back. Yeah, we okay. we're pretty light in other spots. How about this though? Top receiver available is Mike Williams. I like that. That'd be a nice number four. I think we do that. I'm fine with it. Yeah. All right. Now we're we've we've those positions are filled. Well, we're full. Now we're down to round ten. This is where you if you're going to do this, this is where you start t- talking quarterback, and maybe two of them, and two of them. Yeah. yeah you, you're going to take two. All right. Tannehill's still available. I'm very fine with that. Burrow, Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence. I don't want Ryan. This guy's going to be our starter. Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins. Carson Wentz. Ideally for us, this has to work out. We get Tannehill and Burrow. I'm absolutely fine with that. Which one can't you live without? I think I prefer Burrow. So we take Burrow here over Tannehill? Mm Mm-hmm. I mentioned this the other day, but Kirk Cousins' early season schedule is unbelievably attractive. Yeah. That you could just start him for a while until Fields, Lance, whoever comes up, or figure it out later, or you trade for a guy, and... Get you through the first six weeks against cream puffs. 
but he's not that good. <laughs> but at the end of the year, every year he ends yeah. up as a quarterback 11 or 12. They could also you know? come out this year and say, hey, we're going to recommit to running the football. Oh, they'll run out of time. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, All right, so we got lucky here in round 11. Ryan Tannehill still available. Do we take him? Yeah, I like that pairing. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, and we knew this was going to happen, every week the team we play is going to have a better quarterback yeah. than us. But at we least can, we can hope hold for matchups. Yeah, hope we can hope to hold our own. But every week we play, we're going to have a better tight end than them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tight end, do we take another one here? Twelve seven. Let's see who the best. If there's a massive value, yes, but we're only going to start that guy one time. The best available guys are not. It's Darnell Mooney, Nelson Aguilar, Cole Beasley, J.D. McKissick. I Ugh, hate all I those guys. I don't want any of those players. Um, Tyler Higby still available at t- tight end position. Uh, Mike Gesicki, Irv Smith, Rob Gronkowski, Johnu Smith. I like a couple of those. Any backs? Hunter Henry. Uh, the backs are Tariq Cohen, J.D. McKissick, James White, Sony Michelle. I don't want to deal with any of that. Um, some of the other guys still available, Marlon Mack. Uh, probably as good at any spot to take a backup tight end, but that guy could just sit on our roster all year and never be useful. Yeah, I don't like any of the receivers still available. I think he just – I mean, as a rule of thumb coming into a draft, if you take Kelsey in the first round, more often than not, will you not take even a second tight end? Probably, probably not because I'll, just, I'll just t- pick up somebody off the like yeah, right. yeah. And if he gets hurt, you're in trouble and you're trying to trade for one. But yeah, you know, um, that's a roster clogger behind him. Do you go defense here? Is there a great one? Probably our choice. The Ravens and Washington are sitting there. I'd say Washington or Pittsburgh. I'd consider. Yeah, Pittsburgh's already gone. I might grab Washington because you haven't said a name I like yet. And we can get a tight end. Any of those Johnny tight Smith ends will still be yeah. there. Given, yeah. yeah, we're only again. We're only going to play him once. We're only going to play him once, and you hope he hits and trade him. All right, Washington is the pick. That's fine with me. Cruising through to round thirteen. We're not taking a kicker though. Before no, that's this makes me pick. crazy. So thirteenth uh, round. So we got two more. We position got two players. more position players. Okay, they did, a lot of teams did take. Back up tight ends. Oh, okay. So the top guys available, Irv Smith, Blake Jarwin, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. Ingram or, or Irv to me. I like Evan Ingram hit. there. I know there's going to be yeah. some volume. He's in a contract year two. Yeah. He, it's put up or shut up time for him. I, I think he could be better than – he shouldn't be still available. Should not still be available. Right, right, right. He's All right, so we're low. back up here. Uh, okay. Uh, round 14, the top guys available, Benny Snell. Oh. Nelson Aguilar. Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Those are the top. I, mean, I think he might retire. As suggested worry, players. He's very startable. This is going to be the first guy you end up cutting when you. Of have course. To, you know. But Beasley's productive every week. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's just some doubt about the vaccination and how much he's going to play and all that stuff. But he's going to play. Everybody plays. I'd take Beasley. Cole Beasley's the pick. You might think Randall Cobb there too. Could be a sneaky. Yeah. I don't know. I think Amari Aaron Rodgers be better. Aaron Rodgers didn't ask to get him back. To oh, make, he's going to play. He's going to play, and he's going to target yeah. the crap out of him, at least early in the season. Probably. I think. I'd make himself look right. And we're back up here. The top suggestion for us is kicker Young Ho Koo. Okay. Bye week is week six. Is this our last pick? This is our last this? pick. This oh, is the 15th okay. round. Greg Zierlein still available. I like Greg DeLeg there. Greg kicking DeLeg's for Dallas. Fine by me. Uh, his bye week's a week later, so there we go. Boom. Done. What kind of grade are we going to get doing B that? B minus. We got a C. Yeah, we've been not scoring well. With 73 the out of 100. The Fantasy Pro Experts. Well, Mike Taglieri loves this draft. Does he? He gave us an 88. Wow. 
Harris in the second round is a home run. That's a steal. I mean, we could debate Absolute Kelsey steal. in the first all day long. Dan Harris gave us a 77. Kyle Yates a 79. Joe Pasapia gave us a 78. Okay. So not terrible I grades. don't think going tight end in round one hurt us as bad as it could have or I expected it to. Here's what we ended up with. Burrow or Tannehill. Tannehill quarterback. That's We're going to have to play that week to week. Yeah. Najee Harris and Daryl Henderson is our top two backs. Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson at wide receiver. Not great, but no real weak spot no there. No awful spot. All right. Kelsey at tight end. The Washington football team is our defense. Yeah. That's the peripheral ones are good. Uh, Zerline at kicker. I think that'll be uh, – mm-hmm. he's, he's going to get at least – you can pencil him in for five points every week because he's going to get five extra, extra points. Mike Davis, Trey Sermon, Mike Williams, Evan Ingram, Cole Beasley on our bench. Yeah, I don't mind the bench either. Yeah. I thought we did an okay job there. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, we were – the. Another tight end did not go until the round, third round. Wow. I don't think that usually happens. Yeah. But fair enough. But we had our three running. Kelsey goes in that neighborhood. Yeah. I think we did okay for doing making that move. I don't hate that team. No, so. I don't either. Yeah. I, I, I like that we are not really weak anywhere. Yeah. But uh, that's going to do it for the All drive right. today and the fantasy football focus. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for uh, Kellen Tomorrow Gersky. we're doing a doubleheader. Yes, we are. Uh, but uh, for Kellen Gersky here on the site as well. Uh, keeping us on the air. I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.